Oftentimes, I, um, I really prefer to have, uh, invite somebody from the congregation to speak. But this Sunday, because I'm going to be away for a few weeks, I wanted to, uh, to speak. And so um, I have this today. Um, also, I just want to mention, too, like, do we have a potluck afterward? It's a uh, mission lunch. Um, if you came today and it's your first time here and you're thinking like, oh, I didn't bring anything, can I stay? Absolutely. Please, we'd love for you to stay. There's going to be plenty for everyone. Uh, so please stay and have a meal with us afterward. Uh, the last week, um, last week, um, for those of you who weren't here, we talked summer. We've been preaching through the Gospel of Luke. And the story, especially when Jesus goes to his hometown in Nazareth and he preaches in front of them and everybody loves him until somebody questions about, you know, aren't you Joseph's boy? And then he challenges them and then they want to throw him off a cliff and it's just <laughs> how badly the whole story goes, uh, uh, how it goes downhill. But the whole story is actually meant to reveal to us and the title of the sermon was Seeing Jesus and that we continue to realize who he is. And I was thinking about it this week, especially in light of the Lord's Supper, and pretty quickly, the Holy Spirit started working in me and reminding me of Luke chapter 24, the road to Emmaus. Uh, and I'll show you, I'll, I'll read it here and you can begin to see why. So if you'd like to, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. If you just want to listen to this, you can do that too. Um, listen to the story again. So this is after Jesus has risen uh, from the dead. This is actually Easter day. Um, this fits in Luke's gospel right after uh, the disciples had come back to their house and said, he's not there, he's not in the tomb anymore. So this is right after uh, the cross, right after Jesus' resurrection. So it says, Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. <clears throat> As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up, and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor in Jerusalem, and do you not know the things that have happened in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, he replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us what they had seen, sorry, that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures for us? 
they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Yeah. Now, I was thinking about it this week. So in this story... Uh, for many of us, for people, like, uh, especially Bible-believing church like us, for us, this story happens, when you think about it, exactly opposite of the way we would expect, right? We would expect that you would go and you'd have a meal with Jesus and maybe you'd have some inclinations, but it wasn't until he explained the scriptures that you would realize who he is and put it all together, right? But it happens exactly the opposite in this story. Jesus is walking with them, explaining the scriptures. And they say their hearts burned within them, but they didn't realize until they eat the meal together, until he breaks the bread and gives it to them. Now, I started thinking about this story and how it focuses on the meal as a thing that reveals Jesus. This story makes that the point. First, it starts by telling us that they were hearing the stories, they were walking with them, and it wasn't until he sat down, gave thanks, broke the bed, bread, and handed it to him that they realized. Not only that, um, but when they went back and told the disciples, it wasn't so much they said, oh yeah, and we were 90% sure as he's explaining the scriptures, and, you know, and then we had the meal and that was nice. They said actually, when we ate the meal together, that's when we realized. It literally says here, then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So it's in the eating of the meal that they realize who he is. This, remi- this story reminds me that this meal is a sacrament. Sacrament is a Latin word meaning mystery. The Holy Spirit is uh, active in this meal in inexplainable ways. Ways that we don't have to calculate, ways that we don't have to totally understand, but the Holy Spirit is active. Now I want to be careful because I'm not saying that something magical or superstitious is happening here. Sometimes people go too far that direction. Almost that, you know, if you eat this bread in a certain way, then certain things are guaranteed to happen like a magical um, potion or spell or something. But at the same time, I firmly believe that this is more than just a sign and a symbol, more than just a memorial. Though that is absolutely present here. We remember this meal that Jesus ate with his disciples, but there's also more happening. Certainly, there is more than just a nibble of bread and a thimble of juice. It is way bigger than that. Those are just the symbols that we have just to get us started. I am believing, as I was reading this story, that if we will keep looking with hoping to see that this meal we will realize more and more about Jesus the more we eat it, the more we share it together. Now through this story about their meal, I have realized some things this week about, this, about, sorry, about Jesus. First of all, I was helped by Professor Joel Green who wrote a commentary on Luke's gospel. Uh, first he said this story connects with other stories in the gospel. There's actually three other stories, I'm sorry, two other stories that talk about Jesus taking bread, giving thanks, breaking it, and giving it to them. The first one is in chapter 9 when Jesus feeds 5,000 people with just a few pieces of bread. The same, the same formula, the same series of events. He gives thanks, he breaks it, and he gives it to them. Now, the one that we are gathering around today is also in Luke chapter 22 when Jesus and the Last Supper 
when he takes the bread, gives thanks, and hands it to them. And then when the guys were on their road to Emmaus, they had this meal in the same formula. Gives thanks, sorry, takes the bread, gives thanks, and gives it, breaks it and gives it to them. So these three stories in Luke's gospel, this same uh, takes, gives thanks, breaks, and gives in all three stories. And so these three stories begin to, they're sort of connected and they help us understand, each story helping us understand the others. Not only that, um, but uh, Professor uh, Green made this great um, realization that helped for me, or that helped me, was that um, Jesus is always the host of the meal. This meal, actually, when he's with the guys in Emmaus, he's their guest, right? They invite him to stay. So by ancient Near Eastern culture, they are the ones who should have been handing him the bread. They're the ones who should have been serving him. But at that meal, he is the one who becomes the host. He is the one who begins handing it to them. So he does all of this, um, that Jesus is the host. And it reminds me that, um, first of all, that we don't serve this meal to each other. Not really. Even though I'm often the one leading it and saying the words. And maybe... If we aren't careful, we can, like, without thinking about it, we can think that I'm the one serving this, which is not true at all. I'm not the host. I'm not in control of it. Jesus is. Jesus is the host of this meal, even this morning as we share it together. And every morning when the church across Canada and around the world shares this meal, Jesus is the host. But the thing that struck me as I started thinking about, so how is that important for me? What does that reveal to me? I began thinking about the reality, remembering again that Jesus is present in this meal. Not only is, the, is he the host, but he is present even now as we prepare to share this meal. He is the host. And if we keep faithfully looking with eyes to see, we will see new things about Jesus, even in sharing this meal. This morning, as we get ready to share this meal, I want us to watch. I want you to think about this meal and what does it reveal to you about Jesus this morning. I invite you to come, like we often do, to come humbly, if we need to, in repenting. Lord God, please forgive me for the things I've done. But also, be careful we don't get stuck there, just focused on ourselves but we begin thinking about Jesus. What are you showing me about yourself in this meal? Consider what this meal shows us. Testify not 